Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we're going to look at the readings for the fourth Sunday in Advent, which is also the day of Christmas Eve. So a lot is happening on this day, and we get to celebrate the joy of the eve of the birth of our Lord, the nativity of our Lord, the incarnation of our Lord. But before we do that, we need to look about how Jesus is promised, how he is coming, how he will be the deliverer of all that we have. And what's great about this is that's exactly what this text is all about. It is about the Christ coming to us. And it comes to us, the text comes to us, from St. Luke, the first chapter. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So right here we have, again, the promises of all that God is going to deliver and give through the the Old Testament. We hear this in Isaiah when we hear that through the virgin, the birth of the Lord will take place. But we also have this all the way in Genesis 3.15, the seed of woman. And here we see this coming to fruition. We see this coming to be. And it is in this text that we see the fullness of God coming and being delivered in promise. And so think about this. You have the Virgin Mary minding her own business and an angel of the Lord. And we have a name. His name is Gabriel. He is often called the Archangel Gabriel. And he is sent by God himself. Now, right here, I think this is amazing because angels are the messengers of God. And maybe we can go as far as to say the direct messengers of God, as in God speaks to them directly and they go and deliver this message. Just open up the Old Testament, listen to the prophets, listen to uh, Genesis. Uh, you have angels showing up all over the place. But usually when the angel shows up, it's in warning. It's to immediately do and act on God's will, God's part, God's commands. And Gabriel is really just doing the same thing sent by God, he has the message. And this message is huge. And I don't know about you, but you can't, I can't just, I cannot not be excited. The, the hugeness of what is happening is all laid out for us in Scripture. And because we believe that it's true, because God said so, the power, the oomph, the, the majesty behind this just blows my mind. Again, there's Mary minding her own business, doing whatever she's doing, 
and the angel of God shows up to tell her about what is going to take place. And we we hear this. Uh, This is verse 28. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled by the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I think that's amazing because I'm sure I would scream like a little schoolgirl if an angel, the archangel Gabriel, came to tell me anything, good or bad. Just the terrifying fact of this heavenly creature, this celestial host coming to speak on the behalf of God, to tell me, to reveal God's plans to me. I think Mary is handling this amazingly, that she was just discerning what kind of greeting this is. Oh, favored one of the Lord, the Lord is with you. And this is huge for the simple fact that literally the Lord will be with her as in she will bear him. That just blows my mind. And so, is this foreshadowing? Is this the promise of God is upon you and will be enacted upon you? And I love this because we can have this. We have the promise of salvation. That is what Christ has been, what Christ did for us in his birth, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, and his ascension. And now we get to participate. This is our sanctified life. This is our baptismal life. Now, the participation that we have is completely different than what Mary gets to participate in. But it's nonetheless, the Lord is with you. And we should take this to heart. We should inwardly digest this. That means really hold it, ponder it, chew on it, work to make this a part of us, be nourished by it, not just, oh, that's nice. Jesus loves me. God loves me. No, The fullness of his promise is for you, and you get to participate in his reality, his will, his work, his statutes, his actions. Those are yours. And that's exactly what Mary has been given. Now, again, this is a different way because this is uh, immediately upon her. God is acting on her, through her. And through this act, she's going to be the bearer of God, the Thokios, if you want to go really big and special with uh, theological terms. And so there she is, discerning that this angel just showed up and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you, for you have found favor with him. That, again, just blows my mind. And then uh, the angel, Gabriel, as most angels throughout Scripture state, do not be afraid, Mary. And that's huge. Again, names are huge. And he's showing that not only is he connected to her by name, and there's a relation, but he knows her. He is sent by God to Mary, not to just some virgin, to some young lady, but to Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. 
he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So again, just just laid on Mary. So not only does the archangel Gabriel show up, but then he tells her, you are going to bear a son. And I, I don't know, I know very little about Mary. But think about this for a moment. We, we talk about her being the, the blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of God. But have you ever thought about, and I just did this in the preparation for this podcast, what were her plans? What did she dream of doing? Uh, she was betrothed to Joseph, so I'm pretty sure that she had plans for a family, plans for life, work, the things that she would grow and do and see. And God comes and literally interrupts and says, all those things that you were dreaming of, all those things that you wanted, no. I have something bigger. I have something greater. And that really needs to be said. It's not like God says, oh, that doesn't matter. You're going to do what I say because I'm God. No, this is the blessing of what we get to do as Mary gets to do. She gets to participate. She gets to be brought into the work of God, be used by God. And this doesn't mean that she's a means to an end and she's worthless and she's just a womb. No, nothing like that. She really does get to be an example, and she's blessed, and we should honor her in this sense that God so saw fit to use one of us to bear the Christ child. Think of that. Mary, a sinner just like you and me, bears the Savior of the world. This is the great amazement of God. On a different level, a great different level, the saving word of God. This is holy absolution. This is preaching. This is the proclamation of Christ crucified for you. Is given to sinners called pastors to give to other sinners. God is perfect. God is mighty and can do anything he wants and he chooses to use fallen men, this fallen woman, to bear Christ, to literally bring Christ into the world for Mary and for pastors of the church to proclaim Christ. This is just amazing on so many levels that we are chosen by God to live and participate in God, in Christ, in his life through the work of the Holy Spirit. And we see this clearly with what Mary is doing. And especially with all this laid upon her, this son that will be born, he will take David's throne. And I don't know about you, but I get these delusions of grandeur. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but my son shall be king. My son shall be the king of Israel, ruling over, and not in a selfish way, and not in a ruling mighty way, but how big of a deal would that be? 
and then the Son of the Most High? What does that even mean? And the hugeness of that is it is. The only begotten Son, the very one promised of the Old Testament, will come through you, Mary. And again, I just can't imagine. How does she even get over the angel talking to her? And then how do you get over this message that you will be the bearer of God to the world? Blows my mind. And so Mary responds, and she responds in faith. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And these are practical things. I do not know a man. How will this happen? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. And there's that faithful statement. Of course, she asks, and we should never be afraid to ask of God. But we also need to be prepared to hear the answer, participate, believe, and have faith as he continues to reveal this to us, reveal his will, his word, and his works. For nothing will be impossible with God. Proof, your relative Elizabeth in her old age will bear a son. Huge. Because I'm pretty sure everybody knew she was barren. They were unable to conceive, work, live, and produce the family that everybody's supposed to do. And so now there's credence. There's oomph to what the angel is saying. And I don't think that Mary was saying anything to the angel, Gabriel, like, prove it. How can I be sure? And we, we see that this is laid before her feet. This truly unbelievable story and event is given to Mary. And she asks the, the practical question, how can this be? And again, it's kind of the whole idea, what are God's plans for me? It's not an act of rebellion. It's not her crossing your arms and saying that, oh, this can't be. But truly asking, how will this be? But then her final statement, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. She puts herself in her proper place. And I mean that with this mighty and all due, true due respect. She is the one to receive God's work. And she knows in her humble faith to participate. She's not left without, she, she's not forced to do this. She's not made to do this. But in the relation to the good and gracious Lord, the Savior, the Messiah, the fullness of the promise is to be revealed in and through her. She sees herself as a servant that his word be done in and upon her. Let it be done to me according to your word. And that is the very word of God given through the angel. This will happen because God said it. 
This will happen because God will act. This will happen because this is God's promise. And what's amazing about this is, once again, this becomes an example for us. How are we to live? And again, question God, but question faithfully. Lord, how will this take place? We hear through the Psalms, Lord, reveal to me your plans. Oh, Lord, how long? But at the end of every psalm, it shows us to trust, not in every psalm, but in many of those lamenting psalms, the psalmist always puts their trust in the work of God. You will see me through this. Lord, you are God. And that's exactly what Mary does. Mary states the obvious. You are God and I am your servant. Let your word be done. How amazing is that? And how can we start working to do that? How can we live in that promise? And this becomes the faithful life that we get to have in our baptism, in the proclamation of the gospel, in the liturgy, and even in the singing of the hymnody. Lord, let your will be done. Let it be put into our hearts, our minds, our lips, our mouths so that we may live, speak, and do your word as you are with us. This is one of the exciting parts about Advent, because we hear all these neat things. We hear all these good things. We hear all these nice things. And these good, nice, neat things are all to show and reveal God's love that has overcome the darkness of this world overcome the darkness of our sin, our death, and our hell. And as the Blessed Virgin Mary said, let your will be done, let your word be done, let us too, in faith, confess Christ has come and that his word lives, reigns, and dwells in and through us until the resurrection and life everlasting. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.